Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, boys. It's Rocco from Boston calling in. Uh, calling in right after the news broke of Shady signing with the Bucks. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. I wanted to see if you guys think this is just a uh, COVID precaution. Maybe one of our running backs has it or had it and has, like, long-lasting effects. Or do you guys think this is like a move that they have big plans for? Like, if they think, if you guys think that Shady's actually going to be a big part of our offense this year? This is the big nasty, yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We're back at you guys today for episode 122. Last time we talked to you was a little bit earlier this week. Training camp had just gotten underway. We're going to get you updated on the first week of things going over there. The Buccaneers made a big free agent signing yesterday that I don't think anybody saw coming. LaShawn Shady McCoy is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Things got a little bit interesting in that running back room. We will address your questions and talk about that here shortly. Shout out to our buddy from Rocco, from Boston, by the way leaving us the voicemail at the beginning of the show. Appreciate you calling in, pal. Just so you don't forget, the Cannon Fire hotline is always open. 813-433-0323. Leave us your calls, your questions, your takes. We'll make sure they get played on the show. So let's get right into things. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Happy Friday, Rhett. Happy Friday to you, brother. I am excited, and I I keep opening every show saying that I'm excited, but again, it it just, every single day, it feels like we're getting closer and closer to normal football, to progressive Mm -hmm. football, football that we can talk about, the product that you see on the field. The Buccaneers promo team, they are releasing videos of training camp so far. It's a lot of conditioning happening, a lot of weight training going on, a lot of guys getting used to conditioning their bodies for the sport of football but even though they're not even in pads yet i'm still pumped to see it you've been seeing tom brady throw dimes to guys like john franklin some of the rookies tyler johnson out there getting some work so it's a good time of year man i really hope we are on the fast track for football but um let's just jump right into it so the big breaking news is of course the buccaneers signed running back Lashawn mccoy he came from kansas city last year super bowl champion quote unquote He was a healthy scratch for the Super Bowl game, so he didn't play, but he does have a ring, so it counts in a way. But Shady McCoy, who played for KC last season, agreed to terms with Tampa for a one-year veteran minimum deal worth a little more than a million dollars a year. So a pretty good value signing for the Bucs. We had kind of left off last week's show saying, yeah, 
I think the Bucks are done signing free agents. And in classic CFP style, three days later, they sign a free agent. So here we are to keep you guys updated. But looking at this signing, that running back room, I'm not worried about LaShawn McCoy starting. I still think Rojo is going to be our running back one. And I think the coaches know that. Hopefully they don't drop the ball. But a value contract for a guy like LaShawn McCoy and the role that I think he plays in this offense is he's going to be a pretty good pass catching back, maybe a third down option. And I think his presence is going to make it an uphill battle for guys like Dario Gambawale. And dare I even say it, Keyshawn Vaughn, what do you think? Yeah, you know, the, the people that think that this move means that, like, he's going to be the starter, like, just stop, please. Because, <laughs> look, he hasn't had a 1,000-yard rushing season since 2017. Like you said, he was a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl. I understand that the Chiefs' offense is stacked, right? And they have, like, Damian Williams and stuff like that. But, like, come on. Like, a guy that his last played football game, well, the last football game he was even, like, on a roster for, he didn't play at all when he very well could have. He wasn't injured. And people think that, you know, this guy who signed a minimum deal is just going to come in he's going to be a starter. Like, right now... LaShawn McCoy has more of a name than actual production in the league right now. Um, because, I mean, he has been great in like a few years. He had 465 rushing yards last year, 514 the year before. Um, it seems like as soon as he hit 30, like it, it just really started to go down. And, I mean, that's what happens with a lot of running backs. But uh, I still think there's, there's some value here. And just like, you know, Rocco sort of asked, you know, is it, like a precautionary thing or is, is this like just something like they had big plans for and me and you were talking a little bit before, like we were like, I think it's sort of in the middle. I don't really think it's, it's a precautionary thing. I mean, depth's always good. So, um, but also I don't think they expect him to be the starter. Like you said, I think he fits perfectly as that pass catching back and who knows, you know, exactly. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be even more behind the eight ball now because You know, he's obviously has either tested positive or come in contact with someone who's tested positive for the virus. And, you know, right now that's needed reps. And I, I think LaShawn McCoy, obviously, it's he doesn't know the offense to a T, but he's a veteran who's pretty much seen it all. And I, th- I think, you know, he adds more value now to this running back room. Because, I mean, if you were looking at it, you had Ron Jones. Let's take out Keyshawn Vaughn. You had Ron Jones, Dario Gamboale, TJ Logan. And, and, and uh, Raymond Calais. And you're looking so, at a combined, what, four or five years experience between yeah, all those I guys? Mean, yeah, Dare is like three years into his career. TJ Logan, I think, is like five years into his career. Rojo's three. Like, that's that's it. Like, yeah. like there's just there's not a lot of experience there. So I, I think, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, just keep ignoring the defense. Look, if you guys have listened to this show, like, for the past – five months like you will know that like I believe that they still need depth there like and I pitched Clay Matthews a bunch of times on the show and a guy who still has not been signed by the way but now that I say that he'll be signed 20 minutes after the show ends well of course and you know (laughs) you know should I should I be like should I say something like the the virus should never end so then like stop it tomorrow yeah actually maybe that's what I'm saying don't don't make Smart. it so on the nose. Let's just leave it at a, at a passive comment and say that. But really quickly, one thing I wanted to take away from LaShawn McCoy before we move on is the biggest thing that I took away, and I'm sure a lot of other people see, is exactly what you brought up. Just that experience factor. You know, because if you can have a guy who has experience pass catching back there, I'd much rather have that than Keyshawn Vaughn. 
It's not that I don't believe in the guy. It's just that he's a rookie. You know, that's what it boils down to. And I feel much better with a guy on a veteran minimum contract with a name like LaShawn McCoy than Keyshawn Vaughn. I hate to say it because, again, he's not 2013 LaShawn McCoy. You know, I, I like the tweet, actually, that you had sent out. I think it was a little bit earlier today, but it was, imagine if I told you in 2013 that Rob Gronkowski and Dominic Sue and LaShawn McCoy were all going to be on the same oh, and, team. And Tom and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. Now, are you surprised? Imagine if I told you that team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, definitely a, um, a, a I hate to say a big splash signing, but a big name signing. Something that you didn't really expect. Exactly. So, like, I, I so here's here's the story of when I found out, and you know, we were texting back and forth. We had a little bit of fun with it. So I have been having a little bit of troubles with my phone recently. So I was just doing just a a, a simple like backup of like my data and stuff onto my computer. Smart man. And obviously, I have to have my phone plugged in for that. So my computer's in a different room. So I was in my living room, and my dad was just going on Facebook, and he saw something. I. I think I forget who it was from, but it might have been like Schefter or something. Yeah. But he was like, "Did did Tampa sign Latrell McCoy?" And I was like, "No." It's like, what are we talking about? Because <laughs> like, I haven't been I haven't been on my phone for like twenty minutes or so at this point, and I was like, um, "No, I don't think so." So then I came back here, and then I got all these notifications. I was like, "Oh, like, okay, I guess so." It, um, it was one I mean, of those. It was one of those things that I saw, like I've got the Twitter notifications on for all those big pages whenever updates drop. And I saw Adam Schefter say LaShawn McCoy agrees to a one year deal with Tampa Bay. Uh, Ken Rosenhaus says he's looking to chase chase a championship, all that stuff like that. Um, Is it Ken or Drew Rosenhaus? One of those two. Rosenhaus, the agent. Drew. Drew Rosenhaus, the agent, says he's looking forward to chasing a championship, which... I get the motivation there when in itself doesn't feel super genuine, but it is what it is. That's the identity of the team this year. That's but, what like, everybody in the NBA does that. There's yeah, ring chases. Absolutely. All over the place. Absolutely. But the big thing for me is LaShawn McCoy being a good pass catching back. Tom Brady, we know in the past has that ability of making magic with pass catching running back. So maybe he could be that safe outlet that Ronald Jones just can't be. I think Ronald Jones can improve in pass catching, but again, that just comes with time, so we'll have to wait and see. But really looking forward so, to what these guys can do, and I'm looking yeah. forward to see LaShawn McCoy at training camp. Yeah, well, one one more point. I wanted to go back to my – I saw a few people that have been like, oh, you're ignoring the defense and stuff like that. And like I said, I have been a big guy that, like, you can't ignore the defense. So I just don't understand why everybody's up in arms about this. Like, it's it counts for, like, $700,000 against the cap. Right. What what would you who would you like them to add on the defensive side of the ball? Who isn't be... named Clay Matthews with the money that they had left? Clay Clay Matthews isn't signing in Tampa Bay for seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, correct. this is not like obviously like the Sean McCoy's contract. It says like a million or so, but the cap hits around like seven hundred fifty, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clay Matthews ain't signing in Tampa Bay for that. Like you know, I, I mean. Maybe like a guy like Sam Acho, maybe he he can still return. I think for some pass rush help, uh, Kareem Martin, who we've who we've brought up, um, played for for Bulls and Arians in Arizona. Uh, it's a possibility. So I mean, those are two cheap options. But like a guy like Clay Matthews, like that's not going to happen for that price range. No. And this also pretty much confirms that the Buccaneers had interest in Devonta Freeman. But his price tag is just way too high. Like so, I mean, when you're signing a running back now, a veteran running back for a million dollars, 
and like I mean I think you know the Bucks were linked to Devontae Freeman like a good bit this offseason. I think that pretty much confirms that like they had serious interest there and they're like seriously talking about it and Devontae Freeman probably wanted four or five, six million dollars, which I believe is probably what Clay Matthews is still looking for on a one year deal. So yeah. um he's expressed interest in playing for Tampa, but I don't think he has that much interest to where he's gonna take a veteran minimum deal. Uh this dude had eight sacks last season and wasn't a healthy scratch for really any games. I believe he got banged up a little bit, but he wasn't uh wasn't a healthy scratch. So definitely two different situations. I'm not sure why people I think people are hitting the like overreact button, but I mean that's Twitter, so like it's you're the name. Have people, you, you just know, it's complain. that's what we talked about before. Is it's the big name? It's Lashawn McCoy. Everybody knows Lashawn McCoy. Shady, you know, I'm very well aware of Lashawn McCoy. That's why when I saw it, I didn't believe it was, you know, actually you Adam Schefter, Schefter. Schefter's tweeting fake stuff. Uh, well, I thought it was one of those parody accounts. Even though I have the post notifications on, you get those <laughs> yeah, parody so accounts all the time. That? Can you imagine that you have like post notifications on? But it's, you've it's, had it on for like months, and it's actually a parody account. Right, yeah. You've had no idea. You're feeding the people fake news. So before <laughs> we move on to the rest of training camp that's happening, let's shift our focus to the other guys in that running back room that we had just talked about. It's Keyshawn Vaughn, and it's Dare Ogunbowale. One of those two is going to make the team, and I don't think it's going to be both. Do, who do you think has the edge? Uh, you know, Dare seems like the easy answer because of his role last year special teams captain, all that stuff. He's got the experience, but Keyshawn Vaughn is also third round draft pick. So it's one of those things where, you know, you've got stock in both of these guys and it's going to be hard to cut the cord with either. Well, Keyshawn Vaughn's not getting cut. I'll tell you that right now. That's fair. That's not, that's not third round pick. That's not happening. Third round um, pick who's missing a lot of training camp reps right now. What, what does that matter? I guess it doesn't. He'll be back by the time they put I mean, the you're, on. You're, you're, you're expecting Tyler Johnson to make the team. He's a fifth-round pick, but you think they're going to cut a third-round pick? Nah. Like, you know, I, I don't – that's – you would owe money. <laughs> um, so, so then let me yeah, rephrase the question then. If Keyshawn bad. Vaughn makes the team, do you think Dario Gumbawale is a buck this year? Yes. Yeah? So who's yeah, the odd I, man I out know. of that running back room that it's, we have now? It's, it's TJ Logan. It's going to be TJ Logan, and they're going to put, like, Calais or whatever on the practice squad. That, that, that's what I think would happen. They like Dare's pass blocking ability still. And, like, the dude is a special teams captain. I understand he had some downtime, like, not really down, not, not downtime. You know what I mean, though. Some down plays. Some I bet down you he won't be a captain this, this coming season. I mean, maybe. I mean, the, the players vote on that. So I think if he's well liked, I think. Yeah. I mean, who else would be a special teams captain? That That's the thing. Um, so. You know, I like he wasn't great last year. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But I think they still do like him enough as a pass blocker and just more depth. So, like, Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely making this roster. He's not going anywhere. TJ Logan, I think, is going to have to show some stuff in practice that he can return some kicks. And Raymond Calais, he might be the guy that's sort of screwed out of it because he was a seventh-round pick. And there's just no reps to be had. So that's the guy. Keyshawn Vaughn is in no danger. That's not going to happen. So I still believe, yes, Dari could be in some danger of getting cut, but I still believe that come week one, he'll be on the Bucs roster. And the Bucs' four running backs for week one will be Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Dari Ogunbowale. 
Okay, I'll take your word for it. I mean, when you explain it that way, it definitely does make sense. But in my mind, I just can't help but think of an uphill battle. You know, we talked about Keyshawn Vaughn already being behind the curb, missing some time. But that third running back spot, you're really not on the field a lot. So it's going to come down, I think, to whoever they want to put in that position more, which yeah, is either well, going to be mean, Vaughn I or think You're going to see, as the season goes on, I think you're going to see less of LaShawn McCoy. That's what happened in Kansas City. Weeks, you know, weeks one to five, McCoy got most of his yards and touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and then as the season went along, that just didn't happen. So I think you're going to see LaShawn McCoy a lot early. But then as the, you know, the year goes, like they realize LaShawn McCoy is likely not going to be in Tampa next year. Yeah. This is a one year deal. Like, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, they know he's going to be in Tampa next year. So you're going to see a lot less of McCoy and more of Vaughn as the season goes on. Once you get to week seven, eight, nine, you're going to see a lot more of uh, of Vaughn than you would McCoy. But I I think Dare still has value on special teams, whereas, like, I mean, TJ Logan, like, he's, he's a return guy, but, like, he can't, like, on punts and stuff, like, he's not going to be able to, like, block for punts and stuff like right. that. But, um, you know, and Raymond Calais, who knows, but... Uh, that's why I, I think Dare makes it mostly because of special teams. And I still think they don't really like him as much as a runner, but I think they still kind of appreciate him as a pass blocker. Definitely. Well, let's see what happens. We've got a 2020 season ahead of us, and I am just getting more and more amped up for it as the days go by. So let's talk a little bit more about training camp, something that I've heard people talking about lately, and it's kind of been weighing on my mind because I'm very curious and to be frank with you, I didn't think about it this in-depth before, but this is training camp. This is a different type of training camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of all the precautions going on. But it's also very different because Tom Brady's there. And the term that I've heard thrown around is that a lot of these younger guys and guys who were accustomed to Tampa Bay system are going to have to get accustomed to the Brady way because there is a Brady way. You know, Cam Brady actually just talked to the media on a Zoom call, I believe yesterday or the day before, and he had mentioned, you know, getting in contact with Tom during the, well, quote-unquote OTAs when they held their reps and practices at Berkeley Prep, uh, but he talked about getting work in and, most importantly, finding out what Tom Brady likes. You know, Bruce Arians brought that up during his conference call as well, is finding what Tom likes. And all the feedback that we've heard about where he is in the Bucks offense says he's pretty ahead of the curve. And I mean, that could be some PC answers because no one's obviously going to say, well, I don't know where he's at, but Tom Brady being Tom Brady, I have to imagine he's really getting a hold of this offense. He's getting a hold of the verbiage. And then he's basically letting these guys know what he likes. How much of an adjustment do you think that's going to be for not only some of the younger guys who have been around for a little bit, couple of years, you know, but even some of the guys on the defense, because I have to imagine there's going to be a few scenarios throughout the season where, if the defense makes a bad play or maybe your running back misses a block, it's not going to be B.A. screaming at you when you get off the sideline. It's going to be Tom Brady. How different is that? Because I don't think anybody on this Bucks roster has really had anything like that before. Oh, I mean, I've seen I've seen Jameis do it. Yeah, not 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 necessarily to maybe the defense, but like I, I've I've seen him do it. I, I mean, you remember um, I think it, it was hard knocks when when Ryan Griffin got hurt and then. The two offensive linemen were sitting over there joking around, and Winston went up to him. Winston wasn't even playing then. Yeah. It was the pre first preseason game, and he said, yeah, you guys are laughing, making jokes, where, you know, R R Ryan's all hurt. You know, I've seen him do that before. That's not – Brady, it's just it, – it's it's different. Because Brady is more 
to me, Brady seems more intense. Like, oh, seriously. definitely. Like, you well, know, um, yeah, I, I think that Jameis was really like a rah rah guy, and that's good. Like, I, I appreciate that, but I, I, I feel like Brady just strikes more fear into people, and obviously, he's going to. Jameis Winston hasn't won anything in the NFL. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. When Tom Brady talks, if Jameis Winston and Tom Brady are talking right next to each other, you're more likely to listen to the guy with six Super Bowls. You know, there obviously, be, as we can see, there's, there's a few people that would, uh, you know, listen to whatever Jameis Winston says. But, um, you know, most of the time you're going to gravitate towards that guy. So I, I think that they're two different leaders um, but I mean, yeah, I've, yeah, you know, like you've seen Brady getting arguments with like Joshua Daniels and stuff. Yeah. In so I don't think that'll happen. I just think, you know, like Tom Brady and Joshua Daniels had a great relationship and they spent many years together. Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich are spending two years together. So, I mean, if within those two years they get into some arguments, things might not be going that well. Um, but I mean, I do think it'll be an adjustment for some guys. Because a lot of guys aren't going to be used to it. Yeah. And especially more of the younger guys. I think guys like, obviously, Gronkowski's used to it. Whatever. Um, you know, but like Mike Evans, I think, is pretty much used to it. He played, you know, basically his whole career with Jameis. Chris Godwin did play his whole career with Jameis. A lot of these guys have just been around a guy that's similar than that. So I, I think a lot of these rookies might be in for a little bit of like a, a you know, like a, like a, like a culture attitude shock. adjustment. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Like, you know, just like a, Okay, well, like I messed up there. He can see I messed up. That means all the coaches can see I messed up. I got to get better. So I think there will be an adjustment for some young guys, but I think mostly the the Brady way is is just going to be you know, I, I I think it might inspire the 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 veterans more because they're like like I said, this, this guy, guy needs knows business. how to win. He, he knows how to win. Like he he comes from the New England Patriots. And if you think of the New England Patriots, what is the one player you think about? Well, you think of They've Tom had Brady. Great players, but you think about Tom Brady. You, you obviously, if you think about coach, you're thinking about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Those two guys that have just built one of the best winning cultures in the history of sports, and they know how to win consistently. So when that guy talks and he's saying something to you, you better listen. I think that's basically the biggest takeaway from the Brady way that I think that that guys are going to have. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to see how it rubs off on this organization. You know, we've talked for years, and I hate to beat the drum of being cliche, but the Buccaneers' culture is something that they've been working on since day one of Bruce being here, and they've definitely made leaps and bounds. It's, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, this team was uh, quote-unquote world-class enough, and I use that term because they've got that big picture in one buck place that says world-class with the that's Lombardi. Been, that's been there for like four years. Has it really? I've only just yeah. recently seen that, but yeah, either it's, way. It's been, there. it's been there for a good bit. It was there when Cutter was there. Oh, nice, nice. Well, for BA to take know, this organization were, into something. They were real world-class when Cutter was there. So Yeah, exactly. Um, but for B.A. to kind of take this organization in the direction that he did, Tom Brady thinks it's good enough to come here and play. I'm excited to see the Brady way rub off on a lot of those guys. And I think it's ultimately just another step towards that winning mentality and that intense winning mentality. You know, might be less joking around in the locker room, maybe because they won't all be in there at one time. But um, just a more serious tone on game days. And it's coming from one of the greatest to ever play the game. So I think it's going to turn some heads. But I think it's ultimately going to lead to some better football on the field, and I'm very excited for that. Now, 
let's go back to some more training camp talk. Let's talk about a guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot on this podcast. Believe it or not, first round right tackle as Tristan Wirfs. He came out, spoke to the media just recently, and there is a part of him that I think a lot of fans aren't going to like. He he opened up. He talked about his nice guy factor, and to sum it up, he uh, said, no, "You know, he's 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 not a mean guy on the field. He doesn't flip a switch and just turn into some monster on the field. He is a nice guy, and he feels confident getting his job done as a right tackle or left tackle. By the way." He said in the same conference call that he has no problem playing either side. He flopped back and forth at Iowa last season. But he has no problem getting his job done with a tackle with a smile on his face. And uh, I don't know if fans are ready for that because you remember the last nice guy we had in town. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, here we go again with this. So, look, basically here's what I have to say about that. Turn on his tape and tell me that you think he's a nice guy. So, clearly there is some sort of – you know, switch or something in him because, like, you know, he's nasty on on his tape. He is just he's a nasty football player, and you know when when he grabs a hold of a guy, like he just manhandles him. And a lot of it is like just physical traits, just you know being bigger and faster than you, sure. But like this dude does have a nasty streak, and he may not be a you know like a. Like when he says "nice guy," <laughs> yeah, it, I don't just, picture a pushover. I definitely don't. He doesn't. Well, okay, the last guy to be labeled as nice wasn't a pushover either, but um, that's fair. He he didn't do his research on the the Buccaneers uh, fan base recently, I guess, because if he did, he would have known not to call himself nice because apparently they like hate that because, you know, Warren Sapp, who's like a horrible human being, um, they look nasty, like, baby. They adore him because yeah, he was like a douche, but, um, <laughs> you know, great player, but it's, he's a douchebag. Right. Uh, Most definitely. You know, I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back. Um, he doesn't watch but, our show anyways. No, no. And even <laughs> if he did, he probably won't anymore. So, uh, you know, I, he, he chose a bad word. <laughs> nice. That's just, it's whatever. Like, I don't care, right? Like, nobody should honestly care, but I know there's going to be people that, as soon as he messes up one time in a game, oh, there's Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, have yeah. a big smile on your face. Okay. Like, relax, all right? Just, just chill out. But going back to what we had just talked about, I guess if I have to shoehorn the Brady way into this side of things, um, Tristan Wirfs, I mean, he's a first round draft pick guy knows how to play football. I'm pretty sure. And maybe he doesn't pretty good this... at it. I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, you know, damn, but he doesn't have to flip the switch to be this monster on the field. If that's the way that he plays, that's the way that he plays. But I guarantee you folks, we talked about the Brady way. If for whatever reason, which I can't imagine there would be, but if for whatever goddamn reason, Tristan Wirfs just like gives up a sack and he's caught smiling or laughing at something. I guarantee you that Brady's going to put an end to that and it's going to be pretty short lived. So with that being said, I'm not expecting him to be a turn or a, a pushover turnover. Jesus Christ. I don't expect him to be a pushover and I'm excited to see what he can do. I still think he's a beast. Yeah. I mean, you know, him being the, the nice guy not flipping the switch has led to him being a top 15 pick. So I think something's working. Exactly, man. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the field. And of course, once those conditioning reps get in, the Buccaneers will get into pads and we'll get to see him execute right there. His first, you know, live action in the NFL. 
Because as far as I know, I don't think Worse was ever out there practicing with Brady. And I'm pretty sure when he signed his contract this week, that was his first time setting foot in the facility. So this is still pretty fresh for him. And what a weird year to have it happen to. There's a couple more things I wanted to go over before we wrap up. This is going to be a shorter episode today. We really got the LaShawn McCoy news, a little bit of training camp updates, some things we wanted to cover. But this last thing is a bit of feel-good, quote-unquote. I don't know how good you feel about it, but I guess it is some positive news. Cameron Brait recently talked to the media on a conference call, and he revealed that he's fully recovered from COVID-19. Um, he actually had it and contracted it from his wife, fiance, girlfriend, Brooke, and um, he actually didn't have that bad of symptoms. He said, you know, the only symptoms he had was he lost his taste for about two days, and um, this had happened around the time he was working out. Well, Brooke started showing symptoms around the time that he was working out with Brady during those OTA times at Berkeley Prep, so he was able to self-quarantine. He didn't get anybody else sick, which is good news. But he actually recently came out, opened up talking about it, and really stressed the importance of donating plasma um, if you are someone who has those antibodies of COVID-19 over the next couple of months or you're just recovering from it. Apparently, donating plasma is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> but it's pretty good to hear Cam Brates in good shape, and I'm looking forward to seeing him coming back. What do you think Cam what do you think his role is going to be this year? You know, I know we've talked about this before and I know you roll your eyes at the question because I'm not expecting it to change that much, but it still is a tacked, a stacked tight end room. And I hate to say that he's going to be the odd man out. You definitely can't leave Cam Braid out of the question with as big of a red zone threat as he is. But like, what are you expecting for Cam this year since we bring him up? Not much. I mean, if you want me honest, this will likely be, be his last year in Tampa. Wow. Um, I mean, the dude's going to be making $6 million next year. Like, and what if Gronk only plays one year? And well, I'm okay. Then you have OJ Howard. Doesn't matter. Like, okay. I don't like, I mean, $6 million. Like, it was already, they're already considering, like, he took a pay cut this, this summer. Yeah. If he doesn't, they likely cut him. So, like, I mean, I, you know, they, then they're going to have a cap crunch anyway coming up. Like I said, you know, this offseason, they got to resign Chris Godwin, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, uh, if Gronk does want to come back. You know, plus that the, you're not just going to go out and not sign a single free agent. So you're going to sign a few free agents. And then you're going to have to resign some depth guys and have money for the draft class and have injury money. So, you know, oh, and also sign everybody's favorite running back, LaShawn McCoy. And, you know, I, I just I don't see a way that Canterbury's in Tampa next year. I I, lo I like the player. I, I like the person. He's a great guy. He's just like a stand up guy. But I just think his role is going to be very limited this year. Uh, I think you're going to see him mostly in the red zone. I don't really think you're going to see him much else. He's not a great blocker, so like you can't keep him in for that. Gronkowski and O.J. Howard and Anthony Alclair are all better blockers than him. So I don't really think you're going to see be seeing a whole lot of that. Um, and I think by the way, just to Go quickly ahead. mention, uh, Jordan Leggett, a guy who was in that tight end room we had mm -hmm. mentioned, he got cut this week. Yep, yep. The Bucks actually they saved money by by uh, cutting Jordan Leggett and DeAndre Hall and signing Shady McCoy. They gained seventy five thousand dollars in cap space. So wow, how about lucky that? there? Money moves, um, baby. So, um, yeah, uh, playing a little like Moneyball. Um, <laughs> so 
basically, I just think that Cameron Bray is going to be able to get in at some red zone opportunities, and he may even get some red zone touchdowns. I think in the red zone, he could become, you know, like a favorite target of Brady's. I think in the red zone, they might roll with like Gronkowski and Bray as the two tight ends. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they have like a really like big package, they could have OJ Howard out out wide if you want. Uh, I know they put in New England, they put Gronkowski out lot out wide a lot against like a safety one on one. I'm honestly expecting to see that at some point this season. Yeah, I think so because like they they do that like goal line fade with Gronkowski kind of in like the corner. So I mean, they'll probably incorporate that a little bit. But like as far as Cameron Brait, I just don't see his role being as big as it has been. Uh, you already saw it reduced last year. I think it may be reduced even more, and I don't expect him to be on the Buccaneers in 2021. Like I said, great guy, good player. Just at the end of the day, it just comes down to money, man. And right now, you know, if O.J. Howard does perform well and you want to re-sign Gronkowski, you know, uh, why would you be paying a third-string tight end $6 million? It doesn't make much sense. So No, I get you. And, and I mean, it's definitely a great point that you bring up, a real possibility. And for Cam's sake, just because I'm a big fan of his, I do hope you're wrong. But, of course, we have to wait and see, and we'll find out. I hope I'm wrong, too. I'm not rooting against him. I'm not, like, I'm not sitting here like, oh, yeah, get rid of this guy, $6 million. <laughs> but I know like, you're not. It's, just, it's, it's the truth. Like, another guy that's in danger is Will Golston. This could be his last year, depending on how he plays, you know, because right now, like what, like four, he's making like four, four point seven five million. That's could be too much for a backup defensive lineman. So I know he it, is it's a, all about getting cheaper. I know he is labeled as a backup rotational defensive lineman, and there is a good amount of money headed towards him. But I'll be honest with you, man. He's if he has solid. another, if he has another year like last year, and maybe even picks it up a little bit better year two in bowl system, he really starts to feel more confident. He had some highlight plays last season. He was a guy that He's I forgot about on the show over a year ago. But I, I think. I think if he can shine in bowl system, he might stick around a little bit longer. I do like him when he makes plays. Last year, he made some damn plays. So you like players when they make plays. Yeah, right? Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one more thing. We have talked about the players aplenty. The last thing I wanted to mention before we pack up and get out of here is NFL referees. little fun fact. There's a lot going on right now between the NFL and the officials to kind of figure out, you know, their operating system. Because we've talked a lot on the show over the past few weeks about getting training camp up and running. The NFLPA had to reach the agreement with the NFL, testing procedures in place, making these guys feel safe. Well, the referees are on the field too. A lot of people forget that because most of the time I hate them and they suck, but they're still on the field. And something that actually came out today, part of their COVID precautions, another wrinkle in the COVID-19 changes with officials is that to help limit their travel for games, existing guidelines stating that no crew should officiate the same team more than twice in a season at least six games apart will be relaxed during the 2020 season. So if you hate a ref one week and you play around the same area next week, chances are you're seeing them again. And that kind of (laughs) sucks. We got a lot of referees that we hate. I don't know the names. Well, I mean, you know, well, the the best name is Cleet Blakeman. That's just the best name. Like his first name is Cleet. Like, right. That's that's legendary. So born for the job. Always got the wheels on him. Yeah, you know, hopefully with you know Tom Brady here now, things change a little bit. I'm sure <laughs> they will. You, you're going to see some uh, roughing yeah. the passer called. That's the you that's the see that. that's the Brady way, baby. And I know we've yeah, talked that, about this before. That's the real Brady effect. I, I really hope we get some relaxed penalties thrown our way this season because that's the that's the uh, that's the cost of having the goat on your team, especially here in Tampa Bay. So I'm excited to see it, but. 
uh, one more thing I wanted to mention as well. I almost forgot. Officials will be wearing face coverings on the field at all times. So it'll be a sight to see, but they'll still be out there. And uh, hopefully they can get that all shored away. And hopefully it can give us a damn break this year. So we'll see what happens with everybody's favorite referees in Tampa Bay. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Again, a little bit of a shorter show today, but we really just wanted to get you a weekly update. Felt like we wanted to get on top of the LaShawn McCoy thing, um, because that's what we're all about, is bringing you the news and bringing it to you maybe a little bit faster than everybody else. That's what we're about around here, folks. But thank you so much for listening to the show. We truly appreciate you listening on any of our podcast outlets or giving us a shout on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Leave a thumbs up on this video. And if you have any comments on Shady McCoy, what you think he brings to the Tampa table. Yeah, the table in Tampa Bay. Stumbled over myself there. Make sure you leave us a comment down below. Make sure you leave us a rating on the podcast apps too. Those go a long way. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, your number one place to find updates for the show, and of course, any Buccaneer news as well. You can follow myself on Instagram at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S, Instagram and Twitter. If you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. You can follow my co-host Evan Wanish on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Bucks underscore daily, and Twitter is at Evan NFL. Hockey season officially underway, buddy. How pumped are you? Oh, my God. It, I, I've been waiting so long. I am ready to see the Flyers hoist the Stanley Cup. Now, after they, they after they beat the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, right, right. Now, I know that they're playing the exhibition games, but August 3rd is the official date of the restart for the NHL, right? I think it's actually tomorrow. Oh, hell. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow because the Flyers, I think, play August 2nd, and that's versus Boston. That's part of the round-robin tournament. Okay, either way, I'm pretty excited to see it. And folks, if you are lacking sports right now, of course, the NBA getting started up. Dude, hell of a game between the Lakers and the Clippers. Great game. I love basketball. I didn't love it before, but now that we got sports back, I'm watching every damn game. But playoff basketball is pretty good. But folks, I am telling you, playoff hockey is where it is at. The intensity level. There's no other playoff than playoff hockey. There's really not. And the playoff, if you... Don't think playoff hockey is either one or two in the entire world for playoffs. You likely haven't seen it. So, like, it is something. If you even don't like hockey, I suggest, like, the energy. Now, I it, it does suck that there's going to be no fans because that's part of it. Yeah. The energy that the fans bring in playoff hockey is something different. But just, like, the intensity that the, the playoffs have in hockey, it's, it's unmatched. Um, you know, like, that NBA game last night, that was good. Uh, it wasn't even a playoff game, and it felt like a playoff game. So that's fantastic, but nothing compares to hockey playoffs. And when you if you get into overtime and it's five on five, oh, and you man. ain't leaving until somebody scores. Oh my god, chills, dude, chills watching it on your TV. So, folks, if you haven't checked that out and you're a sports junkie, definitely make sure you do. Last but not least, make sure you give us a call on the hotline. It is always open, 813-433-0323. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we are here to help you out. And make sure it's played on the show as well so you get your recognition. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. Thank you for listening to our show, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.